preaching um, last Sunday. I was in Laredville. Uh, you, uh, you know, I preach here and there. And a lot of people have said, well, what are you doing now? And when I preach and teach, my wife records every time I teach on her cell phone and preach. And she puts it on a podcast on Facebook. And as of right now, I'm reaching more people than I just reached in my life. The means of the internet. I'm reaching people in Germany, Nigeria, Thailand, uh, Japan, all over the United States. Somehow people are listening to this broken, beat-up preacher today. And I remember praying many years ago, about five, six years ago, I said, God, would you expand my borders? And he has in ways that I never would have imagined. And I appreciate God using me. And I'm not preaching not like I used to, not going like I used to, but I still do what you have me to do when the door is open. You have your Bible this morning, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 1. Revelation, chapter 1, just want to read a portion of God's word in your hearing uh, and try to be a blessing here at this point. Revelation, chapter 1, verse number 9. I'm going to read down to verse 18. I know that. Uh, a good bit of reading, but it's not. I'm not going to preach on the entire scripture. I just want to lay the foundation for this morning. Verse number nine reads like this: I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, and the Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, uh, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, and dirt, and about the paths with a golden dirt, and his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like and the fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth with a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Our Father, we humble ourselves in your presence again. Thank you for letting me be able to preach about you and tell about you. And tell the good news of the gospel. Thank you for this church. I pray, God, that you pour the blessings out on this place. Bless the man of God as he comes in right before this church, God. I love Brother Richard. Lord, he's your man, and I pray you do it in a mighty way. Bless every member here today. Lord, I realize that we're running out of time as far as the church goes. You're soon coming. And I pray, God, that we'd all get on board of that old ship of thine. Lord, it won't be long to leave this uh, unholy land. I 
Help us, God, this morning to speak the way of the Lord. In my prayer, in Jesus' name, amen. But God meant it 
for good. Thank God. Can I get an amen on that today? Every single Christian right now, under the sound of my voice, if you live long enough, you're going to have your time on Patmos. You're going to have a time or a season of Patmos. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is in the midst of your Patmos, Savior. Notice this where John was at. He's on that lonely, cold island. But somewhere in that, on that island there, doesn't give the exact coordinates of the island. He's just on the shore of the island. We gathered through the scriptures, and it was on the Lord's Day. On Sunday morning, he was worshiping God. He's talking to the Lord, and he hears a voice behind him as of a great trumpet. And he hears the Lord tell him, say, I'm Alpha, I'm Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, I'm the first and the last. And he says, what thou seest, right in the book, the Lord said, John, I know where you're at. I've, I've, I've ordered you, divinely ordered you to be here on this island. I imagine John looking up many days going, God, really? Why am I? I was trying to do your work, God, over there among the people. And he's looking down, discouraged, getting beat up. And on the Lord's day, he's still worshiping the Lord. I want to give some of that Christian some advice that's in a hardship today. And you're ready to, to give up because of discouragement. Just keep on praying. Keep living for God. Give it all to him because one day the Lord's going to show up in the midst of your trial. I know there's dark times and hard times and lonely times, but God came to John just at the right time on the Lord's day. How many times has God come to us on Sunday morning when nobody knew where we were at spiritually and we needed a voice from heaven. We needed God to speak to our soul and our heart and to the man of God like Brother Ricky. Somehow God implants the word of God through his voice, through his word in the heart at the exact moment, at the right time to give you courage to take one more step. Amen. Oh, John was there. Oh, what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. He said, John, I, I'm going to let you see me now. There he is on that cold, dark island. And John says, he turned from where he was at. He's looking for the kingdom age as his back was to the church. And then the Lord turns him around and he sees the vision of the Lord. Isn't it amazing, friend, how that we see the picture of the Lord Jesus here? Uh, he's in seven candlesticks or lampstands which represent the every seven church in the church of Asia. Uh, we don't find the Lord on the outside of those churches. Uh, we find him on the very inside of the seven churches of Asia. What does that tell us today? It tells us the fact that Jesus Christ is on the inside of the church today. He's in every minute detail of our life. He is the lifeblood of the church today. What did Paul say to the church of Ephesus? Now listen to this. He says this in verse number 23. He said in chapter 5, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. And watch this in verse number 26. Here's what Jesus is doing to the church. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he might present it to himself. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. I'm telling you today right now in the midst of the man all of this church. Jesus is in the midst. Amen. He's He's in the midst of your struggle. He's in the midst of your battle. He's in the midst of your finances. He's in the midst of your home. He's in the very midst of this life. 
as he purchased the church. Amen. If you're saved today, he owns you every bit from the top of your head or the very sole of your foot. Yeah. Jesus Christ owns you. He owns your life. He owns you everything that he made of you. Yeah. He knows every minute detail, every step you walk, every breath you breathe. He's sovereign in every bit of it. Thank God. He's in the midst of the church. Amen. I ought to get a good hearty amen. Just a little amen out of that. Amen. Friend, we're in a day when the church thinks that Jesus has left. And there's been times in my life when I felt like God has left me. That I've looked up from the bottom of the barrel and couldn't even see the bottom of the barrel. I want to say one day God came to me. I came to my heart and said, Lance, Lance, I have not left you. I'm still in the midst of your life. And I've watched him work in my life in ways I've never dreamed. Amen. Jesus is in the midst of the child of God. He's in your trouble. He's in your hardship. He's in your dark times. Amen. Jesus is in the midst. Amen. You'll notice in the midst of every church of Thyatira and Ephesus and Sardis and all these seven churches of Asia. Isn't it amazing how in the book of Acts where Paul and Peter and James and John the apostles was wanting to go into Asia there and the Holy Spirit forbade them. Now, you read that in the scripture right now. I've always wondered why did God, the Holy Ghost, not allow the apostles to go into this part of the world and preach? I don't understand that. Maybe some of you here today can answer that for me today. But I'm going to say God did not forget about those folks in Asia. And as of right now, now listen to me, hear me well. As of right now, that awful dreaded disease, the coronavirus, is coming out of what part of the world? Asia. Every single one of us is bumping fists and tapping toes today because we're afraid of a germ today. I want to say, listen, we ought to be careful with germs. Amen. I, I don't want no more germs than I've got to carry and got to have. And if you're sick today, don't touch me, all right? I won't touch you. I'm telling you that there's a sickness over in Asia there. But in that sin and sickness over there in Asia, God allowed the Holy Spirit of God to infiltrate those people. We say, well, how to get there? We think of missionaries like Hudson Taylor that set up the China Inland Mission in the early 1900s, late 1800s. There he went and he served God for his entire life. And the first seven years of his ministry, he never won one soul for God. He took up the ways of the people and lived in front of them. Oh, but in the midst of all of that, God was doing the work. If you're here today and you're in your lowest valley, God's not forgot about you. He didn't forget about John. He said, John, I know you're there. But I turned him around. He said, just look at me. I'm in the midst of the church. Amen. I'm in your problems. I'm in your trials. I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You'll notice this as well, that John... Well, as he's in Asia there, you'll find that it, uh, he saw not only a vision of the Lord of what he looked like and where he was at, but he saw the Lord in a way that nobody else had seen. You know, before Calvary, Jesus was what? Known as a lamb. Are you listening today? As a lamb before shears is done, he was marching to Calvary to be a sacrifice. But after the cross of Calvary and after resurrection day and he defeated death, hell, and the grave, he got up out of that grave victorious. And I'm here to tell you today because of that glorious event, resurrection morning, I'm alive, you 
I'm here to tell you this. We see him in the book of the word of God as being a lamb. But John saw him as a judge before the church. He had his royal crown or his royal diadem on. He had his, his garment all the way to the feet. He had his judge's robes on. He had the white hair which speaks of dignity. Speaks of wisdom. His eyes were a flame of fire. Man, he sees all and he knows all. His feet were as fine grass. In other words, he, when John saw him, he was not in prostrate position. He was not on the cross of Calvary. Jesus was having all power and all sovereignty over the church. Here's what he saw in his feet. That they were on fire everywhere that Jesus goes. Uh, judgment comes. Uh, it's glory fire. Uh, I want to say this today. We may have hardship, uh, but when we get our eyes back on the Savior, uh, our problems seem a little bit smaller. Uh, if you're here today, uh, you say, I can't get over it, preacher. Uh, I can't get over the bitterness, the anger, the anguish uh, that I'm going through. Know this. Uh, Jesus is in the midst of that. Uh, give your heart to Him. Uh, get your eyes off the problem uh, and put your eyes back on Jesus. Amen. How many of us here today have gotten our eyes off the Lord? I've been there. Somebody said, well, I've, I've kept my eyes on the Lord the whole time I've been saved. Well, you're just a better person than I am, all right? If Peter can look at the Lord and walk on water and fall at his feet, every single one of us will. I had someone tell me this a few years ago, not too long ago. Said, Preacher, you're not fit to do anything anymore but just live out your days. So I said, Well, I appreciate your opinion, but God's word says otherwise. God's word says this that He owns me. And what God wants to do, whether it be, be bad or good in my life, that's His business, not mine. If he wants you to walk to the valley of cancer, that's his business, not yours. If he wants you to walk through hardships of life, he owns you. He has a right to do that. He paid for you every single bit of it on the cross of Calvary. When you give your heart to Jesus, he has every right to put you where he wants to. He strategically put me where I'm at today for a reason. And thank God Jesus has been in the midst of my dark times. And through all of that, I've seen God work in ways that nobody would understand. I want to say thank God. I don't want to go back to what I went through. I don't want to wrestle with it ever again. Amen. I don't ever want to go through the valley of life that way again. But I'm here to tell you this today. Jesus is there. There's still a song in the heart of the child of God. Even in the dark times. Jesus is in the midst. He'll never leave. I'm a testimony of the fact that Jesus does carry his child. Amen. He owns us. You know, he says we're a peculiar people. Titus chapter 2 verse 14 he made us peculiar. Some of you are just more peculiar than us. The other day somebody said he said you look just like your brother Lance. I said no. This looks just like you. I'm here to tell you today, friend, that we're a peculiar bunch of people. We don't fit in here. 
You can go spend in the world. Listen, you can go to the bars. You can go to the clubs. You can do all that. They'll accept you every bit of you. They'll like you as long as you pay them and you buddy buddy with the devil. He'll make a place for you. I want to say this today. Listen, Jesus has made a better place for the child of God. We're here today in the church. Every single one of us are going through troubles and trials in life. I want to say this. God has made a place for us. You've got a place here at the Mount Olive Baptist Church. I'm here to tell you, listen, friend. If you're not a member here, you're just visiting. This church will love you. They will take you in and love you. You may have some thoughts about you. I'm telling you, there's enough spiritual godly men and women in this church they'll love you take you in pat you on the back they may not go along with your sin but they'll lead you to Jesus amen hear me church we must love the hurting we must love the broken we must love those that have walked to the valleys of life I'm here a walking talking breathing testament of the fact Jesus has not turned his back on me. I'm going to hurry and come to a close. Oh, I preach too long. <laughs> I'm closing right here. Do you notice this? That the picture of Jesus that we have here today is the same picture that we would see if we see Jesus as John did. We'd see him just like he did. A lot of times I we... You know, you look up to heaven and you say, God, really? Hadn't I served you? Hadn't I loved you and worshipped you? Hadn't I given you all that I have and yet you're making me go through what I'm going through today? And some of you are facing cancer. I've heard it. I see it on Facebook. I don't got a Facebook account, but I get on my wife's and I know it's around. Who's got problems going <laughs> In fact, I see things I ought not to see on there some of you people do. <laughs> Amen now. And, and listen to me, church. Some of us, we look up to heaven and say, God, where are you at? And in my trouble. I'm telling you, Jesus is the same place he's always been for the past 2,000 years. He's in the midst of the church. He's in the midst of your problems. And your trials, whether we want to think on it or not, He is sovereign in every bit of it. He has put you where you're at today for a reason. You know what the reason, John's reason was? It was for the testimony of the fact that he was to testify of Jesus. He went to the Isle of Patmos to go to prison. He was left there to die. He was left there to live. I mean, just to drop off the face of the earth and be forgotten about. But God does not jerk a rug out of the, out of the, rug, the rug out from under His people. Amen. He may let us go through seasons of trouble, but He's got a purpose for our pain. And John's purpose came to that place of Patmos. He said, John, I'm going to let you see me. And I want you to write down everything you see. And when you get off this island, I want you to share it with everybody that you can. Tell them the good news of the gospel, amen. During this trial that you're going through right now, this has one purpose. It's to glorify and give honor to Jesus Christ, amen. Dear Christian, when was the last time you raised holy hands toward heaven and said, God, I love you. I feel God just saying it. I trust you in the midst of your trouble and say, God, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this mess. But I believe you're going to help me. Amen. You say, I'm not there. But you will be there one day.
him. And you'll need him in an hour of trouble. Amen. My job today is one thing. It's not to get a name for myself. It's not to get a name for a church. It's to give honor and glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. This morning he's in the midst of the storm. He's in the valley you walk through. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he'll be there too. When you feel so all alone, he's standing next to you. And dear church, he's with us now. Our Lord, he's in the midst, amen. I want you to hear me today, church. Maybe it's been a long time since you just bowed where you're at and said, Lord, thank you. I love you for being good to me. I want to be a little personal now because I can be personal over here and I can't be real personal anywhere else. <laughs> Me and Gretchen have walked through the, I mean, bitter times of life. That me old mother and all back there and that good father and all back there would be watching and we cried over some of all this. That's pitiful, man, son, that's pitiful. You look up and say, why? God take two of the most broken people that's walked through Lucking County in years and bring us together. God has not worked in the way that I wanted him to, but he's worked in ways that I never could have imagined. He's given me a, a woman that knows what it is to be broken and troubled and hardship and heartache. We've cried together. We've laughed together. We've cried ourselves to sleep. We've, we've done everything you can think of. I mean, just, just cried many bitter tears. And one day she walked in the house and she, my wife cried herself to sleep every night for the first two or three months we was married. And she missed her boy and missed her late husband. And I just, all I could do, I couldn't say anything. Just go up to her and give her a hug and kiss her on the head and say, honey, it's going to be all right. It gets better. One day she walked in the house and she said, one day from the, just in the evening, she was crying her eyes out. I said, honey, what's going on? And I wasn't expecting what she's about to say. And I said, you miss Jackson? She will always miss him. She said, I want no baby. I said, well, honey, I don't. <laughs> she says, why not? I'm fixing to be 40 year old. <laughs> well, we see who won that battle. Three or four months later, she's pregnant. We got me. God has used that little baby to heal my kids. <laughs> and heal a broken woman, mother in law, father in law. And I think I'm about positive we had this baby, not for me and Gretchen, but for Trudy and Ricky Tree. <laughs> they take care of him and love him. But I'm telling you, listen, I'm more happy now than I've ever been in my life. I've got more than I've ever had. Thank God. I've been to the valleys. I've been to the trials. And on the other side of the storm, when we think God is nowhere around us, amen, on the other side, God's got peace. God's got joy. He's got blessings to compare. Uh, listen, hear me today. You may be in the valley. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. It gets better, thank God, because Jesus is in the midst. We 
seven months. But thank God, thank God we're blessed. My kids fight over him, and, and the aggression fights over them, and there's, there's things going on in our life right now. I've seen God open doors that I never would have dreamed I'd ever seen. I'm here to tell you today, God will not leave you. Jesus is still there. I'm closing. in the church. When was the last time you gave God glory? I don't care what you're going through. Where are you at in your life? Spiritually, mentally, physically. No matter. When was the last time you was like John and you just had to raise hands and say, Lord, I see you now. And I'm going to give you glory and give you all. The main purpose of the church First of all, is to give honor and glory to the Lord. Yeah. And then secondly, we're to spread the good news. Did you know that? And as we get our eyes fixed on Him, spreading the good news is a whole lot easier than done. I mean, let Him see me, the Lord of our life. He's in the midst now. Then when's the last time you just bowed your unworthy head? Because you don't, you don't deserve one bit of bread. Play something. You don't deserve one heartbeat. You don't deserve one pulse of your heart given your body strength. But God loves you and he allows you to give him glory and honor. When's the last time you've done that, church? When's the last time you've done that, deacon? Hey, what about the Sunday school teacher? What about it, preacher? When's the last time you just bowed in the midst of your trouble and said, Lord, I don't deserve you, but you've got me. And I'm going to trust you and I'm going to follow you. Would you be willing to do that? Come on, Nikki. I ain't going to touch you now. I stand all over the house. Would you be willing to do that today? As we say, go ahead. Let's do this. Take a moment right now. Yes, sir. And just talk to the Lord. I've not got my eyes open.